Hi, my name is Cecilia Mandrick, and I'm a life coach. I've worked with dozens of high-achieving individuals who feel in control of every aspect of their lives except their own happiness. In this podcast, I'm helping to bring self-proclaimed overachievers the practices, mindset shifts, and actionable steps they need to build more contentment, confidence, and joy in their everyday lives. If you want to create more happiness in your life, relationships, or even just your Mondays, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to episode seven. Today, we're going to talk about happiness in relationships, specifically how to be happier in your relationships. I'm going to start this by saying if you're in an abusive relationship, this isn't your starting place this episode. So if you're in danger in any way, whether that's physical, emotional, or psychological, there are going to be different first steps for you. So again, this isn't your starting place. I don't know where you are in the world, but reaching out to a local organization or maybe a national hotline might be a great first step for you. So again, if you're in that sort of situation, this isn't the place to begin. If you're in a sort of more normal, and I'm using air quotes here, you can't see me, relationship where you're feeling dissatisfied or you just wish that you were happier, maybe you just feel sort of meh about your relationship, then this is the place to start. And this really could apply to lots of different kinds of relationships. So friendships that you have, romantic relationships, sometimes even relationships with your children, with colleagues. It starts to get a little bit different with when you're a parent or when you're an employee or an employer of somebody, but these also apply there. Let's dive in to relationships. First, I want to talk about what you might be looking for in your relationships. And most of us, what we want is to feel happy in general, right? That's the whole premise of this podcast is that we're all trying to feel happier. When we're in relationships, oftentimes we want to feel seen. We want to feel loved. We want to feel appreciated in some way. Maybe we want somebody to take the trash out or make us dinner. Maybe we want somebody to join us doing different things in life, like to have a partner in that way. So thinking about what you actually want might be sort of helpful here. What do you wish there was more of in your relationship? What emotions dominate your relationship when you think about, maybe if there's a specific one you want to think about throughout this podcast, maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's a relationship with your parents as an adult. How do you want to feel there? What do you feel like right now? And I think that maybe being loved and appreciated is something that we all really want and also to feel happy there, as I already said. And what we usually do to get this, to feel happy and maybe even safe and secure, we could throw that into what you're looking for, what we want in relationships, is for people to act in certain ways. And this is something we're trained to do in relationships and in life. Because we're taught that our emotions come from other people, we look outside of ourselves for this happiness. So in a relationship, we might try and manipulate people and we're not doing this intentionally, but we want them to behave in a certain way so we can feel a certain way. And so we're told by lots of people, lots of powers that be, that one way for this to happen is to have a very explicit list for our friends or for our partners, for our parents, of how they're supposed to act so that we can feel happy and safe and secure. So we make lots of requests of people. Like I said, we maybe manipulate them. And this is maybe a good time to bring in the concept of a manual. So you might have a manual for how you think people in your life should 
behave. And you might not know about these manuals, and they probably almost certainly don't know about these manuals, but you could have many of them, and they could be very thick. And the manual is the list of all the behaviors the person is supposed to exhibit or not exhibit to make you feel happier. So for instance, a friend, you might have in your manual that they're supposed to text you back within a certain amount of time, or they're supposed to say a certain thing to you if something happens. And if they don't do this, then you make it mean that they don't love you, that they're not a good friend that they don't care about your friendship together. So think about that for a little bit. What manuals do you have for people? I mentioned trash kind of jokingly earlier, but that might be in your manual, that somebody takes out the trash when it's full. And you might have a different perception of what full is than the other person or how quickly they're supposed to take it out. But you make it mean something when they don't. And manuals are really interesting because we end up handing over our emotional happiness, our emotional well-being to another person. So we are saying that our happiness or our safety or our security is entirely tied to what someone else does or doesn't do, rather than coming into the relationship feeling more secure. And this kind of manual is a little bit of the manipulation that I was talking about. Again, it's not intentional, and I'm not saying it's harmful. You're trying to get your needs met. And because we're taught that our emotions come from other people, you're trying to get someone to behave in a certain way. But the thing is, trying to control someone, trying to get them to behave in the same way over and over again, trying to get them to adhere to your manual isn't a really great long-term solution for happiness in a relationship. And if you've been in any kind of longer-term relationship, again, whether that's a parent-child one as adults, friendships, romantic relationships, you know this to be true. The other person might do what you want them to do for a while, but sooner or later, they're going to start doing what they want to do because they're their own person. They might forget that they're supposed to text you back within seven minutes one time. Maybe they have something else going on in their life. And it doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means that their manual is different than your manual. Or maybe they don't even know there is a manual. Maybe you don't even know there's a manual. And it doesn't work for happiness for the same reason. You can never rely on somebody else full sail for your happiness. So no matter what they do outside of the relationship, in the relationship, you won't be fully happy. You can never rely on them entirely for your happiness in the relationship. It becomes a sort of exhausting game of trying to please another person rather than stepping back and looking at what you want to be happy for yourself. So all adults have the ability to choose how they act, and what they feel. And this includes you. This is something that's come up several times in this podcast already, but it's such a premise of this work, so it's, I'm going to repeat it in case this is your first episode too, is that you feel the way you do because of a thought that you have, not because of a circumstance outside of yourself. So to go back to the trash example, you don't feel the way you feel because the trash was taken out. You feel the way you feel because you had a thought about the trash being taken out. Or the, to use the text message example, you had a thought about the fact that your friend didn't text you back within seven minutes, and you made it mean something about you. So you had a thought that maybe your thought was if you didn't get a text message back, or they texted you back in 24 hours, rather than the three you were expecting, you might be telling yourself, they don't like me, I've done something wrong. And when that happens, you might start to feel pretty low about yourself. You might start to question the relationship. And then what we end up doing as people 
as we try to then get the other person to adhere to our manual. So we say, I'd really like it if you could text me back within three hours, within seven minutes, whatever it is, whatever's in your manual, so that you can feel safe and secure. But if that person isn't a frequent texter, no matter how many times you ask, there are probably going to be times when they don't text you back immediately. And that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them and their own behaviors and maybe their relationship with texting. But as long as you are looking to their behavior to feel good in the relationship, you're going to be stuck there. So you're going to be on this little roller coaster of feeling good when they adhere to your manual and of feeling rotten when they don't, and then making it mean something about you and about the relationship from that space. I'm going to pause for a second just to like maybe let that land and think about it. Maybe think about where you're doing this in your own life. Where are you requiring that people act in certain ways or do things in a certain way so that you can feel happy and secure about it? And then think about why this actually doesn't work. And it goes back to that we can't control other people. So other adults are free to do as they please. They can text back whenever they want to. They can take the trash out or not. And oftentimes, again, it has nothing to do with you. That has more to do with them and their own thoughts about what's happening around them. So it never really works to try and get people to behave in a certain way so that you can feel happy, so that you can feel loved, so that you can feel appreciated, so that you can feel seen, so that you can feel worthy in a relationship, no matter what kind of relationship that is. What works better is to provide those things for yourself. Ask what you can do and think and believe to feel loved and appreciated and seen and cared for and worthy and valuable so that when you show up in the relationship, you can just be with the other person. And there's another side to this as well, is that when we can drop needing the other person to be something for us, to do something in a really specific way, we can start to see and appreciate them as they are for everything that they offer, for everything that they bring as their unique human being in the world. So all of a sudden, when you don't need your friend to text back in three hours, you can start to appreciate how they're enjoying their life, right? How maybe they have something to show you by not texting back in three hours, that they're not attached to their phone or maybe to social media, that they're out enjoying life in a different way. When you don't need somebody to do something, all of a sudden you're free to just be with them and see them as they are. You don't have to make their behavior right or wrong. You don't have to make them as people right or wrong. You can just recognize what it is. This is also a really powerful place from which to set boundaries, which I think we almost need to talk about in this episode, is when you're not expecting someone to act in a certain way and you can just let them act as they are, then you can determine for yourself from a place of love and sufficiency whether you want to be around that behavior. Because you're never going to be able to get them to stop or manipulate it out of them from a place of needing it for you. Right? They're going to keep doing what they're doing, and boundaries aren't about getting them to change their behavior. They're about recognizing behaviors outside of yourself and deciding whether you want to be around them or not from a place of love for you. Why this works, why showing up for yourself works, is when you can create feelings of love and worthiness and happiness of being appreciated and seen, you can show up fully as you too. All of a sudden, you're sufficient as a person. You don't need them to say or do anything to make you feel happy, to help you feel loved or feel secure. And that doesn't mean it's not amazing when your partner or your friend cooks you your favorite dinner, or brings you your favorite flowers, or plans something. You can be delighted by another person, but when you're not relying on them, 
when you're not counting on them for that, all of a sudden you get to enjoy it on a whole different level. So it's not that your happiness is dependent on them doing that. It's that your happiness gets to go to a different level when they do something like that. So some of the things that you might need to cultivate this kind of approach to a relationship is the self-awareness around your own thoughts, around the manual that you might have for each relationship. What are you expecting people to do? What are you making it mean about you if they don't do it? How are you trying to require them to change their behavior so that you can feel the things you want to feel? And how is that not really working for you? Start to identify the emotions you do feel and you want to feel and identifying the thoughts that help create those for yourself, that you feel loved and worthy. You're in a place of sufficiency for yourself so that when you show up to the relationship, you can just be you also. You don't need someone to compliment you in a certain way, to behave in a certain way, so that you can feel safe and secure. And if you do this, you'll suddenly be free in relationships. You won't need anyone to do anything, and you just get to be with them. You get to be in relationship with a person. You're not rushing around to try and feel secure, to try and feel right, to try and make them wrong. You're not trying to get them to do anything. There's not a laundry list of things that somebody needs to do to make you happy before you can be secure in the relationship. You just get to be. This is a really powerful place to exist. It changes so much. There are all these kind of isms and I think they're memes on Instagram, for instance, about like, you have to love yourself fully before someone else can love you. And you can start that process, right? Maybe you don't need to be in a full appreciation and love, but you can start it right now. So if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel worthy, what story are you telling yourself that's perpetuating that? And how would you like it to be different? What thoughts are available to you right now that can start to shift that story so that you start to love yourself more? You start to see how you are worthy as a human being, no matter what someone else does or doesn't do around you. So in order to be happy in a relationship or be happier in a relationship, it really comes back to you. And I know there are probably some of you out there saying, yeah, but he does this thing or she does this thing or they do this thing. And it's like, oh, it's just so annoying. But that's because you're having a thought about it. And again, once you can disentangle your thoughts from or relying on them to create an emotional state for you, suddenly you can decide how you want to be around that behavior. If it's really important for you to have the trash taken out and this person doesn't take the trash out, you have different trash behaviors It's okay to set a boundary, but it has to be for you and it has to be from a place of love and then it will work in a different way. So being happier in a relationship, having happiness and contentment and ease in a relationship comes back to you. And again, this isn't about bypassing. It's not about gaslighting. Obviously, there are two people in most relationships, sometimes more, and that's okay. But you're responsible for you. Don't make anyone else responsible for your happiness or your sense of peace, for you feeling worthy. It doesn't really work. It will never work long term because sooner or later they're going to be a human being and they're going to do something that isn't right, again in air quotes, according to your manual. And then you're going to be stuck in this place where you're going to make them wrong and going to make it mean something about you and about how much they love you. It can be so much more freeing and empowering to connect back to yourself, to what you think, to how you want to be. All right. So that's how to be happier in a relationship. (laughs) At least a start. Maybe we'll revisit this one. But again, it's sort of taking control or taking responsibility for your emotional health, for your emotional well-being, and not counting on anyone else to do anything specific so you can feel a certain way. And some questions for you, again, to ask yourself, where are you doing this? Where am I outsourcing 
Where am I giving away all my power for my happiness? Where can I take it back? How can I take care of my own emotional well-being so that I can show up in relationships and be in relationships with people without needing them to behave in a certain way so I can feel a certain way? I think that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me. I wish you all the happiness in your relationships and in your own life. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for another way to bring a little bit of joy into your life, I have just the thing for you. My Feel Your Feelings mini course is designed to help you develop emotional literacy and increase your emotional resilience. It's totally free and available for you by going to Cecilia, that's C-E-C-E-L-I-A-B, Mandrick, M-A-N-D-R-Y-K.com forward slash free training. I just know you're going to love it. We'll see you back here next week on Happiness Created. See you then. Here's a quick reminder to follow this podcast so you can get your weekly dose of happy delivered right to the top of your favorite podcast app. All you need to do is open the Apple Podcast or Spotify app on your phone, search for Happiness Created, click on the show, and hit the little plus sign or follow button in the upper right corner. I'll meet you back here next week.